Wishing gave me a number Wish I could call you today Just to hear a voice I got a long way to go Getting further away If I didn't know the difference Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 95, and on this week's show, we've got two featured reviews, two big blockbuster horror films. Movies are back. It's going to be great. We're going to be talking The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, and A Quiet Place, Part 2. And let me introduce my co-host, Tom. Welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Going good. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. And Travis, how are you? I am doing swell, Matthew. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> I uh, I did want to go ahead and just start the episode uh, by taking a moment to reflect, a moment of silence on the season of the Portland Trailblazers. R.I.P. Oh R.I.P. Portland. Let's just. Uh, <laughs> Virtually hold hands, close our eyes, and uh, pray for Dame Lillard. Poor guy. <laughs> this is uh, th- there's a lot of danger this off season. Things could go could go a couple different ways. Um, well, they fired the coach already, right? Coach is gone. Only coach Dame has ever had. He's been there for nine years. Uh, so they got to find a coach and. Realistically, I don't see a world in which they're better next year. So, uh, uh, Nurkic says that he, you know, he dropped some comment that at least status quo, it's not the right fit for him, which is an annoying thing to say because I don't think he actually has control over whether he leaves next year. Um, and, uh, you know, Dame dropped some cryptic Instagram post, which is sort of what, you know, any superstar would do at that point, like just to make sure the organization didn't forget that they, they owe him a title uh, or he'll leave. And then uh, I'm assuming CJ opportunity is closing, right? For Lillard. Yeah. I mean, he's like 31. I think he just turned 31 or something like that. So uh, he's not going to be blown by people for much longer. Well, he can't he can't really stay there for another, you know, like a rebuilding period, because by the time they're good enough to compete, you know, he's going to be in his twilight years in the league. You know what I mean? If it takes too long. Yeah, it's just a weird situation because he's like one of the only super like mega superstars left who has stayed with his team. It's like him and Steph Curry. And he's always talked about how he wants to retire as like the greatest blazer of all time and how he wants to, uh, you know, he wants to be the guy in Portland and retire there. And uh, I mean, he doesn't need, he's not even the points leader yet. Clyde still got him by a little bit. Um, maybe like 500 points or something. Uh, and uh, Clyde made it to the finals once. I don't, we only won one in 77, so Clyde was definitely not on that team. But anyway, you know, there's some unfinished business if you really want to live that stuff out. And he also criticizes a lot of his fellow uh, NBA players for 
all the bullshit they pull trying to get on the next championship team. So it's not really his style, but also like, yeah, who's going to sit through some sort of rebuilding situation? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I'm expecting some big changes, but we'll see. They might not be this year. They might be, or they might not be next year. They might be the year after. It might just be the coach this year, and then, you know, maybe they pick up a new GM or something. I don't know. Well, it was uh, it was heartbreaking to see. I watched uh, end of game seven, and it was uh, not pretty. Who, who's the who's the tall uh, dumbass? Gergich or what do you say his name was? Jokic. 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 No, well, Nurkic no, 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 is on no. the Blazers. Jokic is on the Nuggets. No, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the lanky idiot on the Trail Blazers who like kept turning the ball over and he like missed like a open dunk. That's who I'm thinking of, right? <laughs> the tall, the big man. Portland's big man. Nurkic. Yeah. Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, that guy. They're like, like seven th- foot center. Yeah, he seemed like butt. No, he's awesome. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I was watching. Watch the wrong two minutes, man. <laughs> I mean, he's frustrating. He like tries to lay up the ball a lot when he should just dunk it. Um, it does some funny stuff like that, but he's a really good passer. He's their best defender. He's actually a pretty good defender. Uh, you know, light on his feet, massive. Uh, he fouled out against Jokic a lot, which was frustrating, but um, everybody fouls out against, against Jokic, so. I'm actually a really big fan of Nurkic, but uh, it was just... I mean, the the thing is, like, the Blazers lost to a team that is missing their star point guard and their shooting guard, so, like, probably their fourth best guy or something. Uh, both of them are out with injuries. And some other dude who lost, basically, rotation minutes that had to be replaced. Like, if you can't beat a team that has been hamstrung that badly... And they're not even like one of the heavy hitters in the conference. Uh, well, they are, I mean, they, they would have been if they'd kept those guys. But there there are a lot of good teams in the West. So it's not like you just get through the Nuggets and then it's clear sailing. Uh, it just goes to show that they had a, a, long, a long way to go before they were going to be actual contain, contenders. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is your team sucks. What I'm saying is that my team has been like pretty good for a really, really long time. Just and, not good uh, enough. It's like it's They're just like so the frustrating before the Mavericks won a championship. I mean, the Mavericks are exactly. kind of that again now. They just had that magical season, but uh, they well, are, yeah, but the Mavericks now have Luca, who is uh, like a supernova superstar, yeah. and uh, and is also like 22. Uh, so they got a lot of time to figure it out. And uh, yeah. also Dallas is like, it's not the biggest market, but it's a big market. And there's like no, I don't know, there's no sales tax or something. There's no no state tax in Texas or something. There's some weird incentive, like when Miami, that's how they get all their superstars too. Probably the same for Orlando, except... <laughs> Mark Cuban's got it all figured <laughs> except out. Except way less cachet. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, Portland, I don't even know. Like their owner died last year too paul allen so i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if uh you know portland got like sold and the blazers moved and i was just i turned into a sonics you know just another sonics fan roaming the the streets with my old the seahawks yeah yeah 
Didn't you the Sounders too? I don't I'm know. Not sure. Hmm. All right. I think he owned the entire Pacific Northwest, <laughs> <laughs> except for Bill Gates' house. <laughs> All right, well, before we put the listeners to sleep with too much uh, NBA talk, I have one last question. Who's your horse in the race now? Do you even have a horse anymore? Oh, man, it would have been Dallas if they'd won. Uh, I think it might be... um, I think it might be the Suns. You know? Let Chris Paul get a championship. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fuck the Clippers. And Utah's boring. Uh, and the Nuggets, I don't think, will win. So, yeah, I guess the Suns. I can't I can't get behind a Eastern Conference team. Just goes against my nature. <laughs> I'm all in on uh, I'm all in on the Nets. Well, <laughs> it's looking like a good choice at this point. <laughs> No, I don't just really give a shit. I would have been rooting destroying for destroying the, the Bucks without this Harden. Team looks good. I don't understand. <laughs> but it's fun to watch. I don't know. I watched a little bit the of the Nets are just hilarious the because there's like they're like the cool team, but they have no fans. Right. Like compared to the Knicks, it's not even close. But you know, I was listening to somebody talk about how much cooler the courtside. <laughs> The courtside celebrities are at Nets games than at Knicks games, and like the the arena's way cooler and everything. And there's just like they don't have enough history. Nobody's there. I mean, it's the it's same really thing funny. with the same thing with the Lakers and the Clippers. Like no one gives a shit about the Clippers in that market. Same thing in New York. True. Yeah. All right, Travis. What about you? What's been going on? How are you, man? Um. Only real news to report is uh, I'm a new car owner, officially, as of uh, May 31st, twenty twenty. You got the caravan? That's awesome. No, did not. (laughs) I got a Honda CRV, 2021, pearl white. Oh, yeah. Um, Love all the new tech. Pearl white? Are you kidding me? 2021, baby. Yeah, dude. Wow. White is the new black. Dude, everyone in Florida yeah. drives a white car, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> Honestly, no, black is my favorite color car, but uh, I just wanted something different, you know? After, uh, like, 15 years of the Prelude, needed needed a little uh, different contrast to look at when mm-hmm. I'm in and out of my vehicle. And what's more different than black? White. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that... Um, you know, like green or red is more different than white. Um, I'm not really a color kind of guy, though, when it comes to cars. I'm very boring. That's what I'm it's saying. See, that's why. Black or white. Maybe like a silver or like a gray platinum type deal. They got some Space gray. pretty cool new grays for cars, but... uh. Yeah, and uh, Chelsea wanted the white too, so that was also a factor. So, what kind of tech you got in there? Mm, I got. Does it have a romance mode like Tesla? I got a uh, Apple <laughs> CarPlay, which is amazing. CarPlay's uh, CarPlay kicks ass. I, I have to have mine uh, plugged in for that. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Um, I mean, there is a Bluetooth option, but the Apple CarPlay is way better. You get to charge your phone, and you can 
use the apps on the the dash screen right i I, i'm just saying i think there's a carplay that's fancier that works uh Mm. remotely you you don't have to be connected with the cord which i I I I don't think i have that one but i'm perfectly content with the version that i have it is pretty nice and uh let's see the the car also knows when to use the high beams and when not to use it which is kind of cool um what else is there I don't know, a couple other perks that don't really need. Oh, I got a backup camera. If I'm backing up and there's motion behind me, it'll beep. Uh, I got a blind spot sensor on both sides of the car. It's pretty cool. Yeah, dude, I don't even have to, like, think when I'm driving anymore. I just sort of... (laughs) I'm like, if I start swerving into another lane, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I would be seeing orange at the corner of my eye if there was a problem. Yeah. And I'd yeah, not my car's gonna yell anything, at me so. if I'm doing something. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. You guys just like drive around using your knees now, just eating a sandwich and then just react <laughs> oh, no, when be... you hear a sound. No food. Yeah, in my Travis car usually for... just calls me up and he says, "Do you want to go for a drive?" And and that means <laughs> that we both get in our car separately and we just drive around together. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right. Well, congratulations. On the sick new Thank ride. You, sir. Yeah, um, man, that's awesome. Cool. Well, nothing new to report from me. I'm just still playing a lot of Warzone. Still not really leaving the house. It's great. Love it. Sick. I'm having a great you did time get, here. You got Regal Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> that's news. I, yeah, right? that's true. I did uh I did get Regal Unlimited. Uh first movie back since I think the Lodge was the last one in February. Was the Quiet Place. So talk about that later, mm-hmm. but oh, so thanks for reminding me. So Regal, um, you know how with AMC, there's no charge to like book your shit in advance, mm-hmm. and usually if you if you book tickets online, they, there's like a convenience fee. Mm-hmm. Regal does not waive the convenience fee, so every what? time I book tickets, it's like fifty dollars per ticket. Fifty dollars, Jesus! Fifty cents. um yeah 50 so it's like you know every time i book tickets for me and Haley, it's like i pay a dollar oh six which you know it's it's not that big a deal but they don't wait are you guys hearing something definitely (laughs) (laughs) hold on (laughs) that's hilarious do Must be bedtime. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that that part's kind of fucked, but otherwise. Okay. It's... Well, you have convinced me to keep my A list subscription with just that one piece of info. I mean, all right. What did I miss? Fifty dollar charge per ticket. Yeah, fifty bucks a ticket. It's crazy. <laughs> um, it's a great deal. <laughs> I mean, the app though, it's pretty nice, and your ticket has your picture on it. So like you have to take like a basically a profile picture and then when they mm. scan your ticket, it's just like half the screen is your face and then the other half is like the QR code. So So you don't have to fumble with your ID. Yeah. No, Very they cool. just they just look at your dumb mug and then uh <laughs> it's it's pretty the app is it's a good experience. It's just the convenience fee thing is is silly. But. And you order it through their app and they still charge you a fee? Yes. 
Yes, I, I don't know why they maybe waive it. through Fandango they would charge mm, you a fee, but if nope. you're using their app, why is there a convenience fee within their own system? That seems stupid. To, to I don't know to to book ahead of time. Like if I were to just go and get a ticket there at the theater, there wouldn't be a, a cost associated with it. But right, it's just so booking. If you're not advance. going prime time, you're probably safe to just save the fifty cents. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, stoked to be back in theaters. There's a pretty nice one, like a, a ten minute drive from where Haley and I live. So. It's uh, it's good shit, good shit. That's well, awesome. Did you get any snacks when you were there? No, no. But the frustrating part is that, so like two days after we saw a Quiet Place, they uh, removed the the mask requirement. So it's like now if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Which you know the people who are vaccinated are the ones still wearing masks. It's the fucking morons <laughs> out there who weren't wearing masks in the first place who aren't wearing them, but. Anyway, so like two days later, they lifted it, right? But while we were there, you're supposed to be wearing a mask the whole time. I literally didn't see one person wearing a mask in that theater. Like there was the yeah. guy, the guy next to me was like eating popcorn the whole movie. You know, just take like one bite of popcorn every five minutes, probably. So if anyone questioned him, he'd be like, "I'm eating. I don't have to wear a mask <laughs> if I'm eating or drinking." <laughs> but literally, me and Haley, I looked around. We were the only ones that had our masks on the whole time it's whatever we're vaccinated but it's still it's just frustrating you know like <laughs> yeah it seems like businesses are uh, removing that rule or just don't care as much anymore because my theater was the same way and then when i went and bought my car the sign on the door said masks are encouraged if you're not vaccinated so it seems like um it's a little more lax there's no one gives a fuck anymore people are over it nope Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are. Um, which I understand, but, you know. What can you do? America, right? <laughs> I'm just going to quarantine another year. Yeah, well, there I'm essentially go. doing that anyway, because I can't leave the house because it's fucking 95 degrees, and the humidity <laughs> makes me want to die. <laughs> but you know other than other than that (laughs) man i should have told you before you moved to florida i knew that about florida i mean i I knew that too (laughs) bro you should have asked i knew it was hot there why didn't you ask me (laughs) no i knew it was it was hot it's just we're in the summer months it's hurricane season and it's just fucking muggy as hell and yeah but those hurricanes are they usually hit the East Coast, right? You're you're chill over there. You got you don't have anything to worry about. I mean, they wouldn't build, they wouldn't build, the Disney Kingdom in Hurricane Country. They wouldn't do that. Well, well, that's because Disneyland is in Central Florida, like as far away from the coast as on either side as you can be. So strategically placed. But no, no I mean, on. I thought you were close to it. Is it not in Orlando? No, it's well, it's south of Orlando. I, me in particular, like the the actual like devastation of a hurricane, odds of it rolling through Orlando with like hurricane strength is way more slim than on the coast. But it can still happen, you know. Like I'm not like it's not like living in Jacksonville or like somewhere directly on the water. But you know, even if it's not like a hurricane where like I might die, like it's still 
heavy winds and crazy rain and power gets knocked out and fucking internet goes out and like what the fuck am i even living for if i without internet at this point right so what mm-hmm. am i supposed to do when the power gets knocked out and i don't have electricity you know what i mean it's crazy swim up to safety i guess <laughs> hide on your roof i can't get up there it's too high well once <laughs> the water rises high enough you just swim up there oh that's true I don't know if I have the upper arm strength to pull myself onto my roof, though, out of the water. You ever try to climb on to anything fully clothed? It's not possible. <laughs> you mean I, think, while, I think science proved it. While wet? While wet? While wet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a death sentence, Doc. All right. That's enough, That's enough preamble. Let's, uh, let's get into the review. We're going to be talking The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. First... We have a clip. Let's listen in. Lorraine! 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 So, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It is the latest film in the Conjuring cinematic universe. Plot synopsis is the Warrens investigate a murder that may be linked to a demonic possession. It's the same plot synopsis for every other one of these movies. It's huge. Directed by Michael Chavez, who you may know as the visionary director behind the Curse of La Llorona, which was huge. Film stars. Patrick Wilson. The trailer was massive. That was, I, I still uh, have nightmares about it. It was a game changer. Um, film stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as the Warrens. Also stars um, just a bunch of jabronis. I'm not going to bother saying their names. So, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is the third Conjuring film. Uh, we've all seen the first two, right? This isn't. Uh, we're not playing out of order here. Yeah, I don't think I, I have. Say, really? I I will say I don't remember like anything from either of them. I've seen Insidious and Insidious Two, and that always confused me. Well, didn't we review the Conjuring Two on this podcast? It's possible. I don't have one logged. Mm, I don't think so. When, when did, did that, that movie come, come out? out? 2013. Holy. That was oh, the no, first 2016. one. 2016. Oh, okay. So that was, bef- I guess that was before we uh, were doing the show. Okay. Well, maybe we didn't. Um, I like the first Conjuring. It's, I think it's pretty good. I haven't seen it since it came out, but I liked it at the time. Like I didn't love it. I don't think it's like a modern horror classic like some people do but i thought it was pretty spooky and well well made um the second one has its moments but uh the the nun character was cool but there's like a like stupid cg like hurdy-gurdy 
looking man. He's like the tall man or something. He was lame. Um, just not as memorable as the first one. And uh, this one, it's the worst. It's the worst one yet. It's <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> not great. Um, I didn't hate it by any means, but I got pretty bored. It's not scary at all. I, I didn't. There's one scene that was kind of creep me creepy. Um, I'll, I'll say uh, uh, the fat boy. You guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. First time you see fat boy, I thought was you know pretty decent scene. Cause he just kind of is just shows up out of nowhere and he's like standing still. And I was like, Oh yeah. You know, made my hair stand up on my arm a little bit, but Matt, you that saw was the that extent of it. Scary stories to tell in the dark movie from. Mm-hmm. Italy, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. He kind of was like that, that monster. And he bit. was, he was probably the best part of that movie too. I would say. Or like the, uh, the fat zombie lady from, uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Remember her? No, I do not. No, fat zombie oh, lady. Man. Yeah. Mm-mm. Don't remember. But anyway, that was the one moment where I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. The rest of it, you know, it, it plays out pretty much exactly how you expect it to, uh, story-wise. Um, you know, it, they're just kind of <laughs> <laughs> making these movies just to make them at this point, you know, because they make, they make money, uh, obviously. And... Uh, I don't know. Was wasn't super into it. Definitely the weakest of the three. Didn't hate it. General impressions. There we go. Sounds like you don't have much to say about it, Matt. And uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I thought it was. Uh, pretty <laughs> They're very mediocre. formulaic. At this point, yeah, yeah. they are. I think. Yeah, uh, uh, oh, go ahead, Tom. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really have much to say, to be honest. But yeah, pretty mediocre. Like Matt said, not very scary. Uh, supernatural horror is one of my least favorite horrors. I just don't find it that scary. And it, I don't know, it just doesn't really appeal to me. And um, yeah, I would say that this is the worst one. Um, although it does seem a little different than the other two because it is more of like a procedural than the other two from memory yeah a little bit a little this bit one's of... an actual like case that went to trial right the other two didn't i don't remember anything about the first two yeah i don't remember there being any like uh like, like murder trial aspect of the first two they were just kind of like more straightforward haunting movies you know what i mean like yeah. the, this one, at, at least had the angle that could have been interesting of them, like trying to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was possessed. You know, like there's that scene in the movie where the 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 uh, lawyer is like, "I there's no way I'm going to argue in a court that the devil possessed you." <laughs> Smash cut to Your Honor, uh, my my client is going to plead uh, not guilty due to demonic possession. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) So, like, there could have been something more interesting there, right? But it just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a little different from the first two in the sense that you have that, like, you know, kind of investigation. Like, how are we going to prove this angle to the story? But it kind of plays out how you expect it to. And I don't know. Like, this, this movie needs good set pieces and good scares. And I just was yeah. not there for me at all in this one. I mean, 
so I, I'm pretty easily scared, but um, despite the fact that the movie is formulaic, it's effective in like a, a boring way. You know, like I know I'm about to get jump scared and like it's going to get me every time, but I know it's coming. Uh, like the fact that you'll just have like total, like utter black in a room and you know something's just going to come like rushing out of it. And, and it happens like eight times in this movie. And not only does it happen eight times in this movie, but it happened eight times in The Conjuring 1 and 2, I'm assuming. Insidious, <laughs> Insidious 2, The Nun. Uh, it's just like, uh, you know, it's so predictable. And even the the timing with which, okay, it's time for another like scare. You know, you get like four minutes of people talking and figuring <laughs> things out and then eight minutes of scary shit and then four minutes and then eight minutes, you know, and it and it sort of picks up as the movie goes on. But then all of these movies inevitably hit a point with about 15, 20 minutes to go where it just turns into an action movie and it's not even remotely scary and you're like, you're ready for you know, the popcorn to come out or whatever, like you're getting hungry. I don't know. A good scary movie I can't eat during, but a bad scary movie, I'm like, is there any more of that pizza left? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually right at the, like the climax of these movies where I'm like, I could really go for a slice. Yeah. That, yeah. All right. That makes sense. It, um, I don't know. Just uh, I think uh, Vera Farmiga and uh, Patrick Wilson, like I like them as the Warrens. Like I, I think those characters are interesting and I like seeing them, but I don't know. There's some really corny lines in this movie too. Like the worst one. Oh God, how does it go? Something about like our love isn't our weakness. Our love is our strength or something like that. I was just like vomited in my mouth at that part. And it was horrible. Um, But there was a different line that I thought was pretty cool. And like, I don't know if they actually made that like a stronger theme in the movie, it would have been cool, but there's a line pretty early on where uh, uh, I think it's like the first courtroom scene. I think it's Patrick Wilson's character. He says something about how, uh, the court accepts God or something. It's about time they accept the the devil or something like that, you know? That and that's rough. an interesting... You thought so? I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. comment because, I mean, they make people swear on the Bible before they, you know, provide testimony or whatever. So it's like you're going to recognize that, that, that God is real. Like part of that is that Satan's real too. You know what I mean? I feel like they could, there, there was an interesting dynamic there that wasn't explored and it was just kind of like a, a throwaway line, you know, kind of corny in and of itself. But I think the sentiment is interesting. Made you want to barf though, Tom? Yeah, I thought it was cheesy. I mean, I see what you're <laughs> saying about the idea. It just didn't come off that way. Right. It's, it, it's kind of a throwaway line and I don't know. There could have been something interesting there if they had kind of pursued. I think I would have preferred a courtroom drama where they like bring in haunted artifacts and the jury reacts. (laughs) So you, you wish Aaron Sorkin did the screenplay for this, right? (laughs) A courtroom drama, but they show like possession videos. (laughs) Yeah. 
Totally. I would get into that. They just make them watch uh, Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, another thing. Um, sounds like you guys you either haven't seen or really don't remember much about the first two. But the first one especially, there's not, from what I remember, a ton of like corny digital effects. You know, for the most part, it's like subtle horror it's like noises in the background and it's, you know, this one is a little bit heavier on the digital effects. And I thought they looked pretty cheap. Like the, the I little was, boy. I'm glad you brought this contorting. up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one that stuck out to me is the one where there's a scene where somebody go, almost goes over a cliff and you gotta, you know, yes. the other person has to oh, rush yeah. and grab them. And it looked like trash. I don't even know how you get that scene that like that wrong. Maybe they doesn't seem like a hard one to pull off. <laughs> that's the that's the Chavez magic. He just uh, is a master. Isn't that scene in action. the trailer too? That moment where she like runs to the the cliff or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if it is or not. Probably that seems like uh like a little three second clip that you would show like as like the the trailer music is like building up. You know, you're showing like snips of action. And then, you know, you hear, like, the gasp, and then the music cuts out, and she's like, <gasps> That's the what this, uh, <laughs> The franchise was missing, though, is someone falling off a cliff and uh, getting saved. I've never seen that in a movie before. Yeah, that would have been dope if we if she, like, fell off the cliff, and then she just, like, <laughs> gets saved by, like, literally a god shoots down a beam of light, and she just, like, is carried up. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, my God. God is real. And then and then the devil's like, surprise, bitch. And then he's there, too. And then there's just like a fight, like a shadow firefight. Shadow. A light, a light, you know, flames and beams of light. It should, this is where the, the Conjuring Cinematic Universe is headed. Just like the, the fast, um, the family <laughs> cinematic universe is going to end up going to space. <laughs> the conjuring universe is going to end with uh, a literal god versus satan <laughs> hell yeah dude fucking man so of steel style uh or like fight. godzilla versus kong yeah dude oh <laughs> gandalf versus saruman oh man <laughs> it's an epic battle for the ages the now most that would be cool. epic battle <laughs> so, so we'll uh what what'd you guys think of the structure of this movie with some of the like the flashback stuff Good, bad. I'm kind of blanking on what you're even referencing. Was it with the Warrens? Well, I can't remember. Yeah, I was worried there was going to be more of it than there was, but there there was a little bit. And and uh, like the little kid, how he initially becomes possessed and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I guess they do present that as a... Um... Was it a flashback? See, that was the stuff that just... I was like, I that was probably what I was most entertained by um, plot-wise, like more the procedural stuff, you know, courtroom drama, whatever you want to call it, crime show, investigator stuff. Like, that. that's always kind of fun, you know, national treasure with, but horror. Um, but the problem is, I already know, you know, what's going to happen to those characters, so I just, I can't really get that worried about them. I also can't really get worried about kids in horror movies, because unless it's a really fucked up movie, nothing's going to happen to the kids. So it sort of, I don't know, it takes me out of it a little bit. But I did think the waterbed scene was actually decent. 
See, I feel like it could have been a lot better. The water. It could thing. have. It didn't stick the landing, but initially I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm not feeling great." Yeah, that that was a little bit of a bummer, but you know, it was an interesting. Again, it's an interesting, an interesting idea for a scare that is just kind of ruined by poor staging. And I mean, that's that's kind of that was the issue with the Curse of La Llorona too. There were like good setup in a scene, and then you know it ends with some creepy monster just like roaring and you know running at the camera or whatever just like cheap jump scare stuff and that's kind of what happens with that waterbed scene is like the doesn't there like a, a fist that like rips through the the bed and like grabs the kid or something yeah it was boring it was like it might as well have been a zombie pop hand popping up out of the grave you know right it's like something we've seen a million times but the weird face rolling over next to him that was freaky oh yeah there shouldn't have been it shouldn't have ended with him trying like you know like trying to pull the kid into the bed like it should have just ended with like oh shit there's something you know like the kid never actually sees what's in the bed only we do you know mm-hmm. like that leaves you with like a uh, a little bit of dread after that right but when you end do you that think scene these movies with... are just they're just made for the lowest common denominator of viewer now they are i think <laughs> like between the nun the curse of la Llorona, this conjuring movie yeah it's just you know these horror movies this is what these horror franchises do they sell themselves fucking sellouts man and like (laughs) (laughs) to your point about the kid like there's kids in all these movies and (laughs) the kids always end up fine like you know you gotta have a pair of giant balls like like our boy yorgos who Mm -hmm. is not afraid to kill kids this is what the, that's what this franchise needs is more kids getting killed. That would make a big that would go a long way in uh, making me interested again. Child murder. <laughs> um, yeah, just I don't know, man. I don't have much more to say other than woof. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much else to say either. I was disappointed. I, w- I was kind of excited. I-, I I thought the second one was decent. So, you know, I was making another one. Cool. Maybe it'll redeem the last two Conjuring Cinematic Universe films. And then uh, then I saw who directed it. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Curse of La Llorona was great. But does lightning strike twice? I don't know. And then... Uh, it did not strike twice. <laughs> Didn't strike once. That movie's a turn. You actually saw that, right, Matt? Curse yeah. Curse of La Yeah, Yeah, I did. Which one would you say you liked more, this or that one? Curse of La Llorona ultimately will probably end up being more memorable, I guess. Just for that scene that just for that scene from the trailer where the kids are in the car and the windows start rolling down and you And know, they turn out to be fine. It t- they turn out to be totally fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a master class in suspense. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I don't know. D- didn't hate it, but could have been, could have been, should have been better. Each one, each one of these movies has gotten uh, steadily worse. The core, the core ones, I mean. Uh-oh. Did we lose you, Tom? Or Travis? No. No. Just saying that's... 
Uh oh, for the the franchise. Oh, I thought you thought oh. you like got disconnected <laughs> or something. Totally. Yeah, your uh oh <laughs> tone was way off there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking to yourself. <laughs> I was to a degree. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. You guys want to give star ratings? Yep. All right. Uh, two point five for me. Tom. And me, 2.5. And me, 3, 2.5. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. What a nothing movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's, what's more embarrassing than three 2.5 star reviews? It's <laughs> 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 <That's> like, <laughs> that's the worst thing you could possibly say about a movie is, yeah, you know. Didn't but didn't move me either way. It was, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely wouldn't have spent two hours doing that if I had known ahead of time, <laughs> and I had other options. Yep. Wasn't a waste of time. Wasn't a good use of time. Just no, no, um, no. It's a waste of time. If it's a two point five, <laughs> waste of time. No, maybe your time. It's. <laughs> You're, you're a busy for the two point five. I'm just come on. You don't want to go around just watching two point five movies. No, no, but you don't know it's a two point five until you hit credits. You know what I mean? You never know. Yep. I'm not gonna say a two point five was a waste of my time because there there was at least something that didn't make me want to die. You know, maybe I wasn't living, but I ain't dying either, brother. You know, that's the two point five movie, just existing. <laughs> that's Incredible. just uh you know that's the review this movie neutral. exists that essentially is was our review <laughs> fuck yeah dude all right well we're gonna go ahead and move on to the next review uh tom did not get a chance to see a quiet place part two so we're not gonna get into spoilers but travis and i will provide some uh general thoughts uh we have a clip Let's listen real quick. I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. Most people had fun. Finally giving up hope. Okay, so A Quiet Place Part 2 is written and directed by John Krasinski. Film stars Emily Blunt. Millicent Simmons and the man, the myth, the legend, Killian Murphy. Plot synopsis is following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. Travis, you have such a boner for a quiet place part one Mm -hmm. i'll let you go first what did you think of part two all right i thought this was a solid sequel uh 
I do like the first one more, and that might just be because it was the first one. You know, you. Well, I think the the biggest problem with this movie is it doesn't try and do more. It just does a lot of the same as the first one. And usually with the sequel, you want them to like build upon it or, you know, like up the stakes a bit, kind of like Batman Begins to the Dark Knight, you know? I mean, that's a pretty (laughs) big jump, but maybe I wasn't expecting that kind of a jump, but it just felt like it hit a lot of the same beats and it was still good, but it just uh, maybe diminishing returns. Yeah. Okay. So I thought A Quiet Place was good, uh, but, you know, didn't love that movie. Like, I think I gave it like a 3.5. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, some 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 good moments of tension, um, but really silly premise for a movie. And I was, you know, a little frustrated by... Yeah, you got hung up on the logic. Yeah. So couldn't fully give myself over to the premise, but some solid moments of tension. Um, I think this one was, like you said, more of the same, uh, even more logical inconsistencies, a couple LOL moments fresh back in the theater. (laughs) Um, I will say without, without spoiling, um, the dive thing Mm -hmm. made me want to barf. Uh, that was pretty dumb. When that was introduced in the beginning, I was like, oh boy, they're going to do something with that. And then when it happened, I I literally killed myself right there. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think anything of it the first time I saw it. But yeah, when it was the callback moment, it was pretty gross. And <laughs> to add to that, I think a lot of the cute little callbacks to stuff we've seen, you know, earlier in the movie or in the first one was just unnecessary. My example would be the shot of the toy rocket ship on the shelf during the prologue of this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so unnecessary. It's like, oh, that that was the toy. It's like, we don't... (laughs) That's like fucking... um, What's it called? Solo. It's like that level of dumb... Just pandering? Yeah, like just so bad. (laughs) So... (laughs) I kind of I, I I kind of feel like Krasinski with these movies is kind of emulating Spielberg a little bit in the mm-hmm. sense that like he's trying to make movies that are like tense and well made but also like you know a little sentimental a little you know it's crowd pleasing but it just comes across as so like cloying especially in this movie, like those moments, you know, those like wink, wink moments or those like really just like unbelievably just saccharine moments where it's like, Oh, come on. Do you really need to get that cheesy? There's a couple of those movements, uh, moments in this movie. And I, I, I kind of like the structure of it. I mean, I like that it's not contained to the farm. You know, there's a little bit more, a little bit more going on and some really cool sequences where there's like simultaneous events happening and they're edited mm-hmm. in such a way to build like the tension up to a climax, like interweaving these different scenes. Um, effective stuff. Like it's well edited. It's well shot. I do 
those who remember the first review of the quiet play of a quiet place um i think the monsters are dumb like as soon as you get some mileage out of the first movie right because you don't you don't really know what the monsters look like for i don't know the the first half maybe something like that Mm -hmm. and then when they finally are revealed they're just I don't know. I just don't like the design of them. Like, forget the logical stuff with the the sound and that just kind of being a um, something you can poke holes in. They just look silly, and that's an issue in a horror movie when you have a creature that's revealed and it makes you less scared of it. You know what I mean? Part of the issue with this uh, one is that there's more, way more monsters because we know what they looked like. So there's like more action-heavy sequences. With right. the monsters. Yeah, they do rely, or, yeah, there's maybe an overuse of them, especially compared to the first one. Um, but I don't I don't think the design is bad. It may not be, like, super unique, but I think the design is fine. I kind of like the way they look. They look pretty badass, uh, just, like, mowing through people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the 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 best sequence by far in the movie is the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my favorite as well. It's I don't know, ten to fifteen minutes. Um, some good tension. You get a little bit of world building. Um, answers, or I should say, poses some new questions that we don't get answers to. That kind of uh, make this whole universe, you know, just a, a wee bit dumber than it had been even before, but you know, I'm willing to I'm willing to give it a break for that. I just I don't know. It was a cool movie to be back in the theaters for, like it's big and loud and um effective on on that level. Just being I will say a, mm-hmm. uh this movie did have some effective jump scares. Say what you will about jump scares, they got me at least two or three times and I usually don't get startled or jump in my seat but this one was getting me so there was one that got me pretty good um it got me to the point where Haley like fucking laughed at me out loud (laughs) (laughs) it was uh uh the rail car without Mm. being more specific there's like um which i don't know i was a little annoyed because i was like why the fuck i I don't i want to be too specific because of tom but i was like just fucking go around, you dumb idiot. This movie's so stupid. <laughs> anyway, she's in the rail car. It's whatever. She's, she's in there, and then there was a moment that got me uh, pretty good. I thought that sequence was cool. Yeah, that was also uh, one of the highlights. Oh, I the do... kid? Sorry, just just real quick. The no, kid, I... not not the deaf one, uh, the other kid, absolute mm-hmm. trash. So bad, overacting. I've never seen someone act as hard as this kid. Just absolute torture watching the the son is who I'm talking about. Yeah, he is probably the weakest link. Just absolute dog shit to act. <laughs> I like the daughter. Um, she I like that actress. She's yep. good. Uh, the I son, also though. like the way they they handle her character, where they like give you her perspective and then like the outside perspective, especially mm-hmm. when monsters are near. I think that's pretty cool how they handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like and i didn't have really any problem with conveniences in the first one but i did feel like there was a lot of conveniences in this movie mm-hmm. um and i don't really want to get into the specifics uh because of spoilers but there's like a weakness that we find out and then also the whole sound device that they use that you you know we've 
we learn about or they figure out at the end of the first one, mm-hmm. they just rely on that way too much. It almost seems too easy for them to like combat the monsters now that they have this device. And so, you know, it's like their safeguard. It seems kind of like a cheap way to uh, like defeat them or fight them or whatever. Totally. Like just just use it. Quit being quit, walk, quit walking around like a little bitch. Just use it. Put some shells in that shotgun. Hope that you know fucking thirty of them don't roll up on you all at once. But even then, like they're all hearing the same sound. Like, yeah, dude. Come on. That device needs to get in the right hands, and those people will just have a field day with these things. Right. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's another logical thing too. It's like it's that easy. Someone would have fucking figured out how to fight these things with sound. You know what I mean? Like just the fact that there were some meant to believe that there's this whole, the whole world collapsed society just fell apart and nobody figured out just fucking just play some corn on your Bluetooth speaker, dude. It's not that hard. Like kill the monsters with some corn. That's all it takes. Like it's not that difficult. I really don't understand. Like literally just put, some shitty butt rock band in every amphitheater across America for 48 hours. Do it for charity. Have a charity stream, you know, have, have stained out there. Buck cherry just amps up to 11 in every amphitheater across the country. Cherry, And then you just have the military just going around fucking double tapping these monsters. It's not hard. It's not hard. Well, that's the version of the movie, movie I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Where Buck Cherry saves the day, just as they should. <laughs> um, and it ends in like 25 minutes. There's like 10 minutes to set up, and then they instantly solve it. And then 15 minutes to clean up. And the climax, obviously, like the very end of the movie, like New York City, Times Square, hinder lips of an angel oh just <laughs> reverberating <laughs> through the empty streets <laughs> that's poetry oh yeah baby um Ender. oh my god <laughs> matt how do these just come to you so quickly how about you know saliva? Ender was something i thought i would never think of again click click boom <laughs> See, this is uh, this is my childhood we're talking about here. Puddle of mud. I was there. You P.O.D. Know, I heard this, these songs. We are, we are. I got a Spotify playlist. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really have too much more to say beyond that. Um, you know, not a huge fan of these movies. I don't hate them. I think they're fun. Uh, but you know, some people really are need you... to. Get over it. Are you excited for a third one? Um, Do you want to see a conclusion to this story? I mean, not particularly. I will see the conclusion to the story, but, you know. Are you excited for the spinoff that's supposedly going to be directed by Jeff Nichols? Are you for real? I'm for real. Jeff Nichols. Mm-hmm. Midnight special. Mm-hmm. Loving. Mm-hmm. Oh God! So it's he's going to be the latest victim in the blockbuster cinematic universe. I don't know, dude. Jeff Nichols. I huh? mean, he's a great director, but I don't really feel like his movies have made very much money. So he might be uh, hurting for a job. You know? Yeah, I, I, he hasn't made a movie since Loving, right? 
Yeah, he made that and Midnight Special like back to back. Now but he's getting I, no offers. I don't think either of those made that much money. I don't think nope. Mud made that much money. Nope. Maybe a, a little because of Matthew McConaughey. Take Shelter didn't do much. I mean, that was a pretty small movie. Being uh, an indie darling doesn't uh, doesn't pay the bills. Nope. You got to get in on that Quiet Place. Uh, what are they going to call it? You have the Conjuring movies. You have the Quiet Place movies. Are they going to name it after? Uh, are we going to have a Killian Murphy spinoff, you think? Or uh, is it going to be a whole movie about that little rocket? Mm. <laughs> Toy <laughs> Story? Knows? I mean, they could yeah. go like, you know, completely different area, different family, just completely separate from this story. I'd like to see a Toy Story horror movie. They did. It's called Toy Story, uh, the Treehouse of the TV special or something. Yeah, the TV special. (laughs) (laughs) The the night, the night, the toys came alive. Or yeah, Toy Story of Terror. There it is, Toy Story of Terror. I think I said Treehouse of Terror. That's the Simpsons. (laughs) Um, that's huge. Um, yeah, we could talk about the ending, but we'll 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 spare Tom. It's uh. I don't know. The movie doesn't really have a third act. It's just, uh, it's short and sweet, you know, 93 minute runtime, something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, really, mo- the movie kind of ends at kind of what you would normally be the climax of act two, kind of. Yeah. You know? It does end a little similar to the first one. Um, but the first one did feel like a more complete movie. Oh, totally. I do like how these. Both these movies, I like how they are pretty lean. They mostly care about just like the thrills and like the family stuff, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, there's there's definitely enjoyment to be had here. I'm just, um, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on A Quiet Place. That's all uh, I got. Anything else from you, Travis, on A Quiet Place Part uh, B? Nope, I gave it four stars for those uh, keeping score at home. Jesus. What did you give the first one? Four and a half? A five with a heart, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave the first one a 3.5, came in at a three. So just a, smi- just a smidge a better four, than so the Conjuring. I'm, I'm due to come in at 3.5. That's, yep. that's how it's tracking. Yeah. I don't know, Tom. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna give this movie a two. I'm calling it now. You're gonna you're gonna come in hot. You're gonna come in hot on the logical inconsistencies on this one. I never knew I was such a hater, but logical inconsistencies do bother me a lot. You're gonna love this then. Tom, just look at your diary. You're a hater, dude. <laughs> just kidding. No, there's some. This is all the movies here. you guys make me watch for our features. What's Tom's yep. curve? Does Tom have a good curve? You have to oh, watch have movies to have a curve. No, he does not have a good curve. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta see this thing. But remember, he does not choose to watch garbage. We force it upon him. That's true. But he is subjected to some garbage. This mm-hmm. is what I come up. What, what I see just when I go to <clears throat> profile, right? Yeah, so, like, like I got a lot of threes too. in there, and then five is my next highest. Four is your highest. Fours and fives. Yeah, that it, that's the half stars. 
So you've given about half the movies you've ever seen four or five stars. <laughs> and the rest, Sick. somewhere in between. That sounds like a good life to me. You're living the dream, dude. Just only, yeah. only watching the good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's going to do it for A Quiet Place Part 2. Let's go ahead and move into what else we've been watching. Um, how much do you have, Travis? You been up to much or just a couple titles? Um, I have quite a bit. Um, if I talk about the majority of them, it'll probably be pretty brief on each of them. All right. Well, you can pick. You can uh, be super brief. You can uh, dive into a couple. I mean, uh, the Let's world is see yours. Here. Matt, did you talk about St. Maud already? I feel like you did. Yes, last, last episode. Last episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did watch that. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. I do feel like it was a little incomplete. Not that it didn't tell like a full story. I just feel like there could have been a little bit more that happened in the movie to like make me care or be invested in what was going on. I will agree the ending is pretty awesome and worth the the wait. Um but yeah, just didn't feel like enough happened in between. Especially with the the main conflict. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I know where you're coming from there. I, I definitely was feeling it a little bit, but I, I thought by the end of it, it, it kind of made me appreciate what had come before more. You know what I mean? In retrospect. Yeah, it might be a fun one to rewatch, especially because it's uh, pretty short, so not too big of a commitment. But I think this is one case where I could have used maybe a little more, maybe a scene or two just to really drive it home. <laughs> Uh, but I did like it, so. What was your star rating on it? Gave it a four. Nice. Um, real quick before you continue, um, Tom, remind me, The Devil All the Time made your top ten list last year, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Was it, num- was it number ten, right? Uh, God, I think I might have been able to knock it off because I remembered something. That I, I thought had. The Lodge was ten. The Lodge was 10. Devil All the Time did not make it. I'm pretty sure it did. <laughs> now, I'm looking at it right now, dog. Did you? Yeah, but... The Lodge... When we actually recorded, you, like... Yeah, I think thing. I changed it after. Well, anyway, The Devil All the Time is your uh, uh, 14th lowest rated movie in your whole catalog. Just, um, yeah. you know, made your top 10 last year. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Sucked. <laughs> um, as was the lodge. You gave the the lodge and devil all the time, two stars. Anyway, <laughs> I still think you're a hero for putting the lodge on your list. So, <laughs> a real hero. Yeah. Um. Okay, Travis, continue. Um. I also watched Baraka, the documentary from 1992. Bought this on Blu-ray a while back at the Mercer Island thrift store. And uh, it was uh, beautiful to look at, but ultimately pretty boring. Um, There's not really a through line. Some may argue that the images do lead to a, uh, some sort of hole, but uh, after a while it just feels like you're watching a screensaver and uh, that can only take you so far. So that was a 
I'd never heard of Baraka, and then it came up on Amazon Prime, and I ended up watching the uh, little trailer, and then I saved it for a watch later. Hmm. It's interesting. Put it on this in the background when right you're, uh, you know, putting Vinny to bed or uh, doing laundry or something. No, dude. You, I have not seen it, but you got to devote your full attention to it. People love Baraka. Like, it's like one of the most acclaimed documentaries. It's like legend legend status. There's no dialogue, yeah. right? It's basically just visual. It's just visuals, right? I mean, it's like a Right. Yep, it's like visuals from like all over the world. Yeah. It it's a world beyond words is what Letterbox says. Attempts to capture the essence of life. Um, yeah, it seems like that probably wouldn't really be your speed. Um, I know you like pretty images, but you got you they need something else take there. You so far, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. I've I've been meaning to pull the trigger on that one. It's just um, again, it, we come back to the uh, you know you got a certain amount of time to watch a movie. Do you really want to pull the trigger on a you know ninety five minute screensaver like you described it as? You know, but I'll get there. <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah, eventually. just it just uh, wasn't that engaging. Maybe on a second try it will be, but I doubt I would ever uh, will myself to watch it again. So there's that. Uh, I also saw Top Gun in Dolby. Had only seen Top Gun once before. Uh, it's a pretty fun movie, but it's, uh, I don't know, not a lot happens in it. But it is a very just like enjoyable, watchable movie, and there's some pretty cool action sequences, and you know Tom Cruise is very charismatic, and uh, Val Kilmer is uh, actually attractive in this one. <laughs> oh come on, yeah. dude! He used to be so hot. <laughs> well, it's just funny to see like, and I feel kind of bad for him in a way, but you see Tom Cruise in 2021 and then you see Val Kilmer in 2021 <laughs> <laughs> and then you see them in you know Top Gun back in the 80s and just man time has only been kind to one of them <laughs> yeah to be fair Tom Cruise uh you know has remained arguably the lar- the world's biggest movie star since then you know what i mean so yeah he's been able to stay in prime physical shape Val Kilmer just uh Jobs weren't there, you know. Nope. So that's how he ended up as Cunt in uh, MacGruber. <laughs> His <laughs> <Yep>. most iconic <laughs> role. <laughs> uh, I also watched Supernova, that new movie with, uh, well, newer movie with Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. You heard about that? Never heard of it in my life. Mm. It, w- it was in theaters earlier this year and also VOD. It's on Hulu now. Uh, basically the story is, uh, they are lovers and, uh, Stanley Tucci has dementia and they go on like a road trip and visit friends and family. And, uh, it was a very boring, just like middle of the road movie. Didn't really hit me in the feels. And this movie seems like one that would. And I just never really got invested. Performances were huh. good, but uh, 
I don't know. I just could not really get into it. No, never, never even heard of it. So not uh, not worth the time. In my opinion, no. I love the Tooch though. Who doesn't? It's uh, it's got a three point five overall on Letterboxd. I don't know. Maybe I'll. Um... I gave it a three. I had no uh, no idea what to rate it, so I just fell right in the middle. Wasn't a bad movie, just was not really my cup of tea. Didn't didn't do anything for me really. Hmm. Um, I have maybe a couple more I could talk about, but if you guys want to go, feel free. What's going on with you, Tom? Uh, well, we finished a really wonderful television show. You and I both did. There we go. Oh, that's true. Travis, you didn't. You haven't even started it, huh? Nope. Uh, well, I failed you. The zeitgeist has passed, so don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Mayor of Easttown. It's been uh, the talk of the town. It's uh HBO show starring Kate Winslet. Detective, uh, small town kind of, you know, small town drama. Um, fucking great show. Right, Tom? Really great. So oh, good. Yeah. I even stuck around for that, you know, 10 minute making of crap at the end because I was so interested. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, if you stay around the uh, past the trailers in the last episode, you get like 10 minutes of Kate Winslet where you're like, oh my God, wow, she's got a like London accent through and through. I can't believe. And then they go through the whole, they, they touch on like doing the East Town accent and you realize that, you know, it's really a spot on. It's not just like her messing up sometimes. Uh, it's actually that, that dumb sounding. Uh, yeah. Everybody in Philadelphia <laughs> needs to like take a good hard look at themselves. Cause they sound really stupid. I was loving the accents in it. Um, really good performances all around. We uh, won't get into specifics because uh, Travis is bitch ass. Still hasn't watched it, but um Julianne Nicholson, I think, is uh, kind of the highlight. Uh, Lori, mm-hmm. I think she she's really good. She was in The Outsider, too. I don't know. Did either of you guys watch The Outsider? The, the Stephen King? I watched, like, two episodes. Hmm. Kind of fell off. Lost interest. That show's pretty good, too. Um, but, yeah, uh, she, she, Julianne Nicholson was in that show. She's she's great in that. Oh, yeah, I like her. I've seen her in She's some been in stuff. some other stuff over the years, yeah. Um, she's fantastic. I really like Evan Peters' character. Um, he's like her partner, basically, uh, on the mm-hmm. case. Just, just love the family dynamics, like the, uh, the the small town drama. Like you know, the show is good when that stuff is like almost as good, if not better, than the murder mystery stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, totally. It's funny too. I was laughing quite a bit. Uh, Every episode, yeah, it was kind of, I was kind yeah, of it's got some up. great, some great comedic breaks. Just a master class. Um, Can't wait for season two. Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was like, I don't know, there, it's so, um, I don't know, it just seems like such a simple thing, you know. Like we've seen some version of this a hundred times, but uh, it's just, uh, it's what we needed right now. It's really well done. Kate yeah. Winslet makes that show. Oh, totally. 
it's not like groundbreaking by any means, but it's super well crafted, well acted. Um, it's just you know, it's fantastic television. It's not reinventing the wheel by any means, but um, Travis, I don't know if you were aware of this, but uh, 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 Craig Zobel directed the whole thing. You know who that is? Mm, not ringing a bell. Uh, Craig Zobel did uh, uh, the Hunt. You know that movie that got delayed, like the the conservatives mm. versus the liberals m- murder movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he did uh, Compliance, that movie. Uh, oh, it's yeah. like a Burger King that. or something. Yeah, he did that movie. Um, and I think he did one other TV show. I can't remember what his other thing was, but um, looks like he directed Z for Zachariah. That. Is, That's a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he did uh, uh, episodes of Westworld, The Leftovers. Anyway, mm. it, it's pretty good. It's got a good look. I mean, would you agree, Tom? I, I thought it, it was filmed pretty well. I thought it looked good. Maravistown? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, I plan on watching it. I just, uh, I'm not one to just uh, fire up a brand new TV show. I like to wait till everyone's done talking about it and watching it, and then I'll watch it. Why? Interesting. I don't know. It's just the way I operate. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get left in the dust, dude. You I, gotta be. Part I don't of like it. It's just uh, that's what happens. I'm too busy watching. Movies like uh, Baraka. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, huh. um, did you watch any movies, Tom? Or other TV? No. I did watch other TV. I watched. I started watching Invincible on Amazon Prime, and I love it. Uh, you check that out at all, Matt? I've been meaning to start it. My dad loves it. He told me I need to watch it. Yeah, I think I'm like four episodes in or something. Um, you know, it's basically like, like R-rated superhero show, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, totally has like a Marvel spinoff. Um, well, I don't know, not just Marvel, you know, just all the familiar superhero tropes at the beginning. It really seems like it's just going to spin off of those and then, uh, takes a total turn at the end of the first episode and, um, I don't know. It's violent and fun and uh, uh, interesting, and uh, tons of uh, tons of recognizable actors or voice actors. Like a lot of the voice actors are from Big Mouth. So uh, uh, Jason, what's his name? Is it Jason? Manzukis. Uh, Manzukis. Yes, Manzukis, and um, uh, Elliot from Girls, who is somebody else in big mouth the gay kid um oh i can't remember the uh, character's name but i know who you're talking about yeah he, he th- there's like three or four actors from big mouth for sure i can i recognize their voices um and then jk simmons and um oh gosh what's her name from uh gray's anatomy and killing eve sandra o sandra o yeah 
I had no idea this show was dark or rated R. I thought it was uh, just like a regular old, you know, superhero cartoon for all ages. Mm, no, it's, it's pretty like dark. Really it's pretty violent. violent. Right? Yeah. Now and I'm like, interested. You know, it's like a superhero. So, you know, it's just sort of like a, a universe in which, I don't know, one out of a thousand people is born with superpowers, right? And um, you can choose to use them however you want, I guess. And uh, so this kid who's 17, the main character, Stephen Yoon, uh, uh, does a voice acting for him. He is sort of like getting introduced to superhero work, but he sucks at it. So like a lot of civilians die. (laughs) (laughs) Just like aliens show up and just like (laughs) eviscerate these (laughs) civilians in the street. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it it pretty quickly introduces you to a different type of superhero show, but uh, nothing prepared me for the way it ended. The first episode ended. I was, I was, uh, I was hooked after that. Nice. Yeah, I've been, meaning, I've been meaning to watch it. Just haven't uh, haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. I should do that. I also really need to start watching um, uh, the Underground Railroad, Barry Jenkins' uh, new mm-hmm. Amazon show. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, not Is that many getting good reception? Yeah. Well, it, people really haven't been talking about it, but the people who have seen it are calling it like you know, a tour de force, uh, revelation all these dramatic terms, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, it's supposed to be great. I, I'm excited to check it out. I'm just, um, t- just too busy watching the real world and, uh, the challenge, you know, mm. love Island and big brother coming back in like a month or so. It's game over. I'm not going to have time for anything else. That's important. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, I have three things that I'll talk about. I'll just, uh, get mine out of the way. And then, uh, Travis, you can close her out. Um, I watched Some Kind of Heaven. Have either of you heard of this? It's a documentary. Heard of it. Curious. So it's on Hulu, and it is a documentary uh, that takes place in The Villages, Florida. Do either of you, have you heard of The Villages? Nope. No, uh, it's been referred to as uh, like Disney World for retired people. It's like a huge community of retirees. So they've got like 3000 clubs, uh, meaning like, you know, you can join a club. The movie opens with organized golf court golf cart like choreography. It's like drill, but with golf carts. So it's like organized like moving in in patterns and like i don't know what the proper term for it is but shit like that like just a way to grow old and die and do (laughs) silly clubs like there's just so so much it's a huge community everything you could ever need and it follows kind of three separate stories so there's like this guy named dennis he's like a bachelor who uh lives out of his van and like goes to the bars and the swimming pools and stuff in the villages to try and like hook up with a, an old single uh like widowed lady so that he can be set for the rest of his life. Uh he's a character. Uh there's Barb. She's a widow and it's just about like she kind of hates the villages, you know, she's trying to find like meaning. And then there's a married couple who have been together for like 47 years and uh 
Reggie is super into doing like, I don't know if he does like ayahuasca or like some sort of psychedelics and he just like goes out in the golf course and like gets on all fours and like roars like an animal. Like (laughs) he's, uh, he's interesting, but it just follows residents of the villages and just kind of talks about like, you know, end of life stuff, finding, you know, meaning it's, it's filmed beautifully. And, um, Gave it a full uh, a full half star bump when I saw it was produced by uh, Darren Aronofsky right at the end. Credits rolled. Mm. Credits rolled. Produced by Darren Aronofsky. Got a little bit of a chub. Half star bump. It was huge. Four stars. I liked it a lot. I'd recommend it. It's on Hulu, I think. Um, came out last year. Twenty twenty doc. It's good. It's 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 really interesting. It's uh, visually like aesthetically, it's pretty um, pretty neat. There's some cool, uh, some cool scenes. Um, I watched uh, the Invitation. This was a rewatch. Yeah, you guys have both seen that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With uh, poor man's Tom Hardy and um, yeah, um, I can't remember the other, other kind of name actress. Um, I did not realize this. Uh, Karen Kusama directed it. Um, she did Jennifer's Body and uh, Destroyer with Nicole Kidman. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I just didn't realize that or what, but um, I was not a huge fan of The Invitation the first time I saw it. I gave it like a 3.5. Um, I thought it was a little boring. Uh, I thought the acting was bad and just, I don't know, not super interested. Um, went up a little bit on a rewatch. I ended up giving it a 4. Um, that ending is huge. So I, I realized after the fact that I've never really seen forgotten that ending you know like it's Mm -hmm. super impactful and you know it's it's memorable i'm not gonna say it's like the most amazing thing ever but you don't forget that ending right and i guess a pretty cool closing moment it's neat oh for sure um but i just i don't know i really appreciated like the the tension of the early stuff in the film like the third act is like pretty nuts like there's a kind of violent climax to the film that rules um but i was way more into the preceding stuff there's some really interesting um like uh not flashbacks well no i guess there are i guess they are flashbacks but you're, you're you're kind of filling in the mystery but not really like there's a lot of unanswered questions still by the end of it and i don't know i i thought it was uh significantly better than the first time. I mean, I still only gave it a four on rewatch. Right. But, um, I, uh, I was into it. It's, it's not like one of my favorite movies or anything, but, um, way more into it on a rewatch. I, I thought it was very well done and, uh, I recommend it to anyone who has not yet checked her out. And then, uh, the last thing I'll talk about is the woman in the window, which has been, getting just absolutely shit on uh for the past couple well. weeks did you i was one of the shitters oh no um <laughs> just for reference this is a netflix original film starring amy adams um gary oldman it's stacked cast. jennifer jason lee um julianne moore brian Wyatt tyree Russell. henry wait Yes, yeah. Tracy Letts. Tracy Letts. I also did the screenplay. So just top to bottom stacked. 
Um, oh, and directed by the adapt not adaptation. Um, atonement, atonement guy, uh, Joe Wright. Um, I like to refer to him as the Hannah director, his best movie. The Hannah director. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever seen, seen Hannah? No, nah, I've never seen it. Oh, you should check it out. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I've heard some good things. I should. <clears throat> it's probably streaming somewhere. Anyway. So, Woman in the Window. People have been shitting on it. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, actually. I had a great time watching it. It reminds me of... You know when you go to a grocery store or something and, like, kind of near the checkout aisles, they have the, like, mass market paperbacks of just, like, the trashiest, like, shittiest, like, murder (laughs) romance novels you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like you look at the cover and you're like, oh god, that looks horrible. That you just see like a middle aged woman reading like by the pool. That's kind of what this movie is to me, but elevated. It's like a trashy melodramatic thriller that kind of has some pedigree behind it. Because I think it looks really cool. I think visually there's some awesome moments that kind of reminded me of. Um, uh, what's that Todd Haynes movie? Uh, Far from Heaven, um, which in itself is like a spin on like Douglas Sirk, like melodramas from the fifties and sixties. Um, just a, I had an absolute blast. It's so stupid, like it's a really dumb, dumb movie as far as like what happens and the twist at the end. But I was on board. Everybody's overacting. Um, Gary Oldman in particular is bad uh i I did not like gary oldman in this movie but um amy adams is having a great time um i really liked it i think it's just misunderstood like i kind of feel like maybe people were expecting like a like a prestige drama thriller or something you know and it's just not that good movie right what they got was a great movie (laughs) um you know i had my issues with it it's far from perfect but i had a blast watching it i ended up giving it four out of five stars travis i'm i'm curious you're a shitter love trash uh i do love trash that's true and i don't mean that as an insult no i know when i say that (laughs) um but yeah i i don't know it didn't really work for me i I just thought it was kind of, uh, I don't really have much to say about it, but uh, I don't, the twist really didn't, the twists didn't really work for me. Yeah, twists on twists in this movie. And um, like you said, everyone is overacting, which I also kind of had a problem with. And um, I, so yeah, remember last episode how I said that I kind of predicted what was going to happen in Oxygen? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to a degree well i kind of felt the same way about this movie and it's maybe that i'm not predicting it it just like it just seems so obvious in retrospect like or just like while you're watching it just something feels off which makes you start to think that it's you know it's not quite what you're being shown mm-hmm. um and I, I think just the way it was shot and the way it was constructed helped me believe that and then just her character in general seems you know like very unreliable as far as far as like what's happening 
Um, Increasingly so. so, like as the movie goes on, like her her point of view kind of really deteriorates, and it, it reaches yeah. the point where you like you realize that like you you really can't trust her perspective. But then you know the movie kind of I don't know it kind of flips that a little bit. You know it, it goes back and forth, and I think it's it's intentionally. Like, should you believe her? Should you not believe her? What's happening? Not that. Oh, just kidding. It's this. You know, like, <laughs> it's just so all over the place. And I don't know. I had a good time. It's silly as fuck, but. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't buying it. And I also thought the climax <laughs> was uh, kind of ridiculous. And it looked pretty bad. Like, the, the showdown, I thought looked bad. Oh, on the roof. Yeah, the, yeah. I think visually the movie looks great. That moment, though, um, I agree. <laughs> it was, it was lacking. But yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, w- I wanted to like it, but um, it just, uh, it fails. It's definitely no rear window. That is for sure. Yeah, there's some similarities to that movie too, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely paying homage to that and, like, Brian De Palma movies. I also feel like it would have maybe been more interesting if there would have been a bigger scope and it wouldn't have just been, like, one family that she was so keyed into, but um, then it would have been a different movie, so I don't know. Um, Cool. Well, that that's all I had uh, to talk about. What, uh, was there anything else from you, Travis? Oh, I'll just say real quick that I finished Last Chance You and the ending or the basketball season and uh the ending is a big old wet noodle. Um mm-hmm. I should have seen it coming, but uh, <laughs> I was just so hyped to watch them in the playoffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet, right? Cuz it's like uh, in the times that we find ourselves living in and that particular moment, it's kind of a time capsule for COVID, right? And just how yeah, everything just, came to a halt. And it's just, it sucks. Like, it, from you, what you want as a sports fan is to see what happens, you know, yeah. in that story. And, you know, just imagine how those kids felt, you know? it was It's heartbreaking hearing them talk oh, about yeah. that season, you know? <laughs> Well, and it seemed like that was the season for everyone to do it. And so it was just, uh, yeah, it was a bummer. I mean, I, I totally get why it was that way, and there's really no <laughs> way around it, but just kind of a shitty ending to something that I was pretty invested in. <laughs> mm-hmm. but overall, though, pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, not as good as the football, but uh, I did like it quite a bit. I would watch another season of it for sure. So COVID got you twice, eh, Travis? <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> Not only in your real life, but also in your escape, your escapism. Yep. <laughs> you can't escape it. It's everywhere. <laughs> Damn you, COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> very cool. All right. Anything else uh, you want to mention, Travis? Nope. Let's shut it down. That's it for you, Tom. Was there anything else that you watched? I don't think so. Very, very cool. Okay. 
Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, if you've been following the Digest, next episode is going to be Saw and Cube. So make sure you subscribe to the feed, and that's going to be a fun one. Next episode of the Mainline Podcast. Um, what are we thinking, boys? Fast 9? Is that next? That's I think that might be three weeks away. I'm a little I'm a little fuzzy on release dates in the coming weeks. Um, there's a new Purge movie, the like the last Purge movie, but that's definitely not. <laughs> oh, dude, I can't wait. Forever Purge. I like those movies are fun. I like those movies. Um, Peter Rabbit two. There it is. Right. Finally, the movie we've all Nailed been it. waiting for. <laughs> Now I have um, an excuse Vinny's to watch the first it. one. Vinny's gonna love Peter Rabbit. He's just so she's mm. just so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> what about In the Heights? Any uh, any interest in In the Heights? Yeah, I would watch that. Sure. Uh oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. You guys are hyped for that, right? Oh, yeah. Selma Hayek and Antonio Banderas reunited. Sequels. Um, yeah, Fast Nine's That's not for three weeks. Dead pigs. I don't know. You tell me. Dead pigs? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> a sharp and criti- critical and satirical eye toward late-stage capitalism in China and the world beyond. Hmm. Uh, well, not that. Probably not that. <laughs> well, to be decided, I suppose. Um, probably. It'll probably be In the Heights or um, what's the other fucking movie I mentioned? Werewolves Within. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> Crack House of the Dead. Oh, but just, it's just major titles coming down the pipeline. Yeah, are these wait. real movies that you're... Oh! <laughs> um, Crack is, House of the Dead is real. Luca, doesn't yes. the new Pixar movie come to Disney Plus in like a week or two? Right? June 18th. Does it? June 18th. Pixar's Luca. It's Call Me By Your Name, but the Pixar version. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Sarah oh, wants to see In the Heights, so that'll that'll oh, that'll do. All right, we'll, we'll do In the Heights and, and Luca, because that'll, that'll come out the week on Disney Plus the weekend we record next. Unless we Is it a free Disney Plus rental or a yes. $30 one? Nope, they're not doing that with the Pixar stuff. That's why all the Pixar people are uh, pissed. Okay. Thank God. Yep. So it's going to be huge. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the feed if you're new to the show. Stay up to date on all the latest and greatest in the Cinephiles Digest family of podcasts. We will be back with something fun in a couple weeks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Later. Adios. Toodles. Everything we worked for and everyone we loved Built and built until it felt enough Castle walls of human love Stretch your course, ceramic trust It all fades the same as if it never was But